and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of those people, if you're one of those people, thanks so much for coming back. For everyone out there who's new to the show, welcome. Feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda and some of Giant Eagle's finest in the fridge. Cheers, gentlemen. Let's uh, cheers a little purified gold. What kind of beers are in the fridge? Cheers. I would be lying to you if I told you that I didn't drink all of them yesterday. Anyways, I'm sitting here today with the Pittsburgh Circus Arts Collective. Collaborative. Collaborative. Let's do that again, but I'm not going to edit it. I'm sitting here today with the (laughs) Pittsburgh Circus Arts Collaborative. Make some noise for the internet. Don't worry, I get it wrong all the time too. Oh, I like that. That's the best applause we've gotten in a long time. I don't know. This is working. I'm sitting here today with you two people. How y'all doing? Thanks for coming by. Thanks for having us. Joseph. Uh, Joseph Kerr. Zero. There we go. Simple. Uh, <laughs> we are we are each oh. we, we are each uh, the artistic director. I'm of the artistic the, director. I'm the artistic director. You're the artistic director. You are as well. Okay. Yeah. Of the Pittsburgh Circus Arts Collaborative. Uh Myself, Joseph Kerr, I'm the pyromancer, fire eater, fire breather, extraordinaire. He's extraordinary, man. Uh, Don't you? My name is Zero. I uh, I juggle fireballs and glass balls and other kinds of balls. Um, I'm working on um, a modern day strongman routine, if you can't tell by the mustache. Killer. Um, I do a lot of uh, dancing with juggling. I'm going to be playing Uncle Drosselmeyer again in a production of The Nutcracker, only this time it's with the uh, Westmoreland Ballet. So I do juggling dance things. <laughs> That's, oh, look, this is us. That's super exciting. So when there you did, are. When did all of this stuff get started? Like, How does uh, somebody decide that they want to get into playing with fire on oh, a professional goodness. level? And how does somebody get into, you know, wanting to juggle and do all of these things? These aren't normal activities that normal people do. Correct. Where did, where did it come from? Well, I know that his journey goes back a lot farther than mine does. Because I'm a lot older. Well, a little bit older. <laughs> 38. <laughs> when you're 22. I'm, 20, I'm 19. I'm 26. Um, but no, I started off uh, as a magician. I was 15. Um, I got into cards. I did magic pretty unsuccessfully for about four years. Uh, and then I switched over to fire since then. Um, what a sentence. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> lots of, lots of commas. Yeah. Um, but yeah, since then I've, I've done pretty well. Uh, I've pr- I'd probably say I'm top 10, top 15 fire eater in the world right now. Wow. Probably, true. probably top 10, top 15 fire breather as well. Um, I hold a world record. Um, I've got or what, uh, I hold the world record in, in the vapor spin. Uh, so the torches that I use, the handles to the torches are hollow. Uh, so that enables me to suck on the end of the torch and pull vapor from the fuel that's on the wick of the torch, if that makes sense. Sure. So I pull the vapor into my mouth. It's uh, a really aggressive straw. It'll be coming up. Yeah, it'll be coming up. Cool. Um, hold it in my mouth. And then if you ignite it and you let it out, uh, in a, at a steady consistency, like a steady flow of vapor, uh, you get like a little candle flame coming out of your mouth. You sustain that and then spin in a circle while sustaining it. Uh, the previous world record was four spins. I got eight and a half. So, wow. Yeah. 
No one's come. It's been like it's been a year. No one's come close. Wow. So so there. My brain is going all over the place, and I imagine both of you can give me a good answer for this question. How important is physical health and exercise to your craft? It's important. <laughs> I know. I, like honestly, um, for me, you know, I, <clears throat> you know, it's. Uh, what I do, the the movements that I do, the type of body work that I do when I'm juggling, and the type of energy required to be an entertainer. There it is, right there. Did you see that thing on his? It's like one second back. Of course, I just I took it off. But hey, we know we'll we'll get, we'll get back to it. But like, so to to be an entertainer that's almost solely focused on keeping up with like children and like having them entertained. Oh geez. The amount of energy that I need to like match a child's energy is just a ton. Um, I work out every day. Uh, I was, uh, I did uh, George St. Pierre's workout program at home and now I'm um, on week three of the UFC fit workout program. <laughs> so, like I, I get really into it. I lift a lot of weights. Um, there's a lot of um, juggling moves that I do with weights in my arms. I do medicine balls for contact juggling. Which I think is ingenious because he's, you know, like adapting uh, his workout to fit his needs, you know, essentially. So, you know, juggle like this, you, he juggles weights yeah. that way. It's just. So well, he, I don't toss the weights. I hold um, yeah, yeah. barbells, and, you know, hold yeah. and do different types of moves with them and juggling. Um, and there's these, these sort of dip out dance moves that I do uh, with a contact juggling ball. And I use a four pound medicine ball when I'm doing that. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I also, my endurance, man, I, I get, I get, I can get, I can get slowed down pretty quick, you know? So like, I need to, I need to keep myself on a good sure. exercise pace. And what was your, you know, exercise routine like prior to getting into this world? Were you somebody that thought more about it prior or as you started getting more and more into this, you realize, oh, this is something I'm going to have to focus more on. So that's something that happened with me. I playing in bands, being a front person in bands, yeah. running around on stage. You know, I never thought in a million years I'd have to think about exercise. Yeah. But, you know, you want to keep that. You run around on stage up. for 10 minutes yeah. and then you're just toast. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. And like, and I'm, it's, it's really bad. And I don't know if it's, if everybody feels the way that I feel, but it gets really bad for me really easily. I can get fatigued. I'm just getting starting tired. So like, if I don't exercise constantly, like I don't want to fucking be on stage. I just, it's just, it's just too much. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah, the stuff that we do and like, especially like we work with acrobats too. Like there's these moves that he's got with these two contortionists, Camille and Mallory, where he's like holding one of the women on his left arm and one on his right arm while they're like putting torches up to his mouth so he could breathe fire. Right. There's this guy, Vahid, he's an acrobat I work with. And there's these moves where I do where like my one foot is on his knee. My other foot is around the back of his neck and I'm juggling at a 45 degree angle. You know, or the moves that we have together were like Spitfire Cascade. Spitfire Cascade. <laughs> like he he gets on his knees, I get behind him and I juggle fireballs in front of his face while he's spitting gasoline through them. You know, and so there's these like these really intense moves where you just you can't be like, okay, yeah, oh, I guess I'm gonna I'm gonna go. And like, you know, I have the I'm like, you know, the endurance, the energy, and that's why I do all the exercising and also the stage presence, like you gotta keep yourself looking good. You oh, absolutely, know, being on stage. absolutely, absolutely, everything yeah. in the world of what you're doing. And 
it's so cool to think about, you know, how much of your life this takes up. Yeah. Like even just like, I have to think about exercising. Maybe I have to think about like what I'm eating because that ties to the exercise right. and every mm -hmm. little decision that you make in your life affects your work. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I'm, glad you, I'm glad you said that uh, yeah. your appearance matters because I, I made a, a post a few months ago, <laughs> basically just saying, yeah, your appearance matters. You know, it's a visual art form. You, know, you should look as good as your craft, you know, um, and people were fucking pit. I can swear, right? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> People were fucking pissed, man. They're like, how dare, like they said that I was, you know, misogynistic, body shaming, whatever. I'm just like, you should look, you know, I mean, you should look presentable. Yeah. I mean, you need to look presentable thing too. I think it's easy to misunderstand a statement like sure. that. Like you can have any body type, but still look good for your craft. Mm -hmm. Like if you are an entertainer doing like fire breathing and things like that. There's a certain image that you should uphold. Otherwise it looks strange. It's the same thing for like a stupid heavy metal band. Like nobody wants to see my heavy metal band. And like one guy has like a fish shirt and camo cargo shorts yeah, on or yeah, something, sure. you know, like nobody wants that. People want to see a metal band. People right. want to see a fire breather. People there's like these stereotypical images that people have in their head that make make up what we are but sure. i like i love to lean into a gimmick especially ah, for entertaining it's like i miss that about art that's like i love a lot of the music that came out of the early 90s yeah. but i really hate that whole aesthetic of like it it doesn't matter like it matters <laughs> sure but like that it, it carried on for a long time and you kind of lost a lot of that spectacle of rock and roll over 100%. time it's starting to come back a little bit well, it was. I don't know what's happening now, but oh, we don't got to get into that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think that's, uh, you know, Ghost, Ghost BC, sure, whatever. Yeah. They do a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah the bands exist. You yeah. know, I, I, it'd be cool if Ghost was as big as Kiss, mm -hmm. but they're big enough. Big enough. They're big enough. I say so. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's so easy to sound like the, the old curmudgeon, like, oh, sure, my, my day, day, blah, yeah. blah, blah. But the, the thing I try to remember is like, what is important to whatever the hell kids are listening to now. Like if they're listening to 21 pilots or whatever, they're probably listening to that with the same sort of intensity that I was listening to faith. No more. Right. They're two totally different sure. bands, but if it means if it the same, they're getting the same passion out of it, go for it. I don't give a shit what you're listening to. As long as you're positive and enjoying life, as long as it's not country countries are right too. I don't <laughs> mind country it. Music isn't real. <laughs> I mean, look I, like i understand that i and like honestly I, in my head like i think that like garth brooks was like pretty much like the last legitimate country mm -hmm. singer to like make a name for himself like even if you like turn on country music television any point right you see like oh here's the artist here's the band written by like not a they're all they're just actors there's oh, not totally, a single one yeah. of them it's all it's it's a gimmick it's garbage and has no emotions. It's not, it's inhuman, man. You know, I like, I don't like when people are like, you know, just here, let's put a pretty face in front of this art and, you know, and sell things with this. I always, like commodify it. Fine. I'm not going to listen to it. I'm not going to buy it. It's garbage. I do think of it a lot like movies, you know, like, yeah. uh, I really liked the first couple Lana Del Rey albums, but I feel like she's an actress yeah. playing a role. Like it's a character. It's not her real sure. name. Right. There's people that are helping her put these songs together and that's fine. Like, yeah. I don't mind. Sure. So there's even but, like a cinematic feel to her music. Absolutely. But like a, you know, also patriotism is garbage, right? So like, here's this <laughs> yeah. genre 
that entirely encompasses a patriotic intent while gimmicking music as like putting actors in front because they look like Faith Hill or Chris McGraw. And it's sure. just like, it's just, it's just, it's hokey. It's just not real music. It's I don't just even know the, who those people are. I mean, it's just, it's just more commodity, man. They're, they're, they're whatever. They're Tang and Pepsi, man. They're the things that look good on the market and everyone wants to buy them. It's just, it's not real. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. get that in any genre and I'm sure you sure. come across things like that in your world too, of other people that are in the magic and the magic adjacent. What would you yeah, consider sorry for going off? No, on the trust me. What, the, what the fuck is the point of having a podcast? If you don't <laughs> go off on something that needs nothing. <laughs> sure, right. Yeah. 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 Um, trust me. Yeah. But sure. You know, well, the fucking Fushigi. Oh God. Do you know what the Fushigi I is? I do not enlighten me. Oh fuck man. Like that's the country music. Yeah. Put it up on YouTube. If you want, man. Like, so back in the nineties, man, these, this guy, and I don't remember his name and I, I'm, Glad I don't remember his name because I would just be, oh man, <laughs> I, the, the Fushigi gets me. It gets me fired up back in the 90s. You know, like after, after you get Michael Motion's like PBS special on, you know, Michael Motion in Motion. So Michael Motion was the arms behind David Bowie in Labyrinth, right? With that crystal ball, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So you get that and then the 90s come along and like people are like, oh, this, this is a cool thing. Contact juggling, right? So then this company... They make a ball and it's cheap as hell, right? They call it the Fushigi and they never call it contact juggling. They never talk about any of the movies. They say it's the magic anti-gravity ball, yeah. the magic anti-gravity Fushigi ball. And they put it on TV and it made it look like this thing. What I'm doing right there with that ball, that they made these commercials that said like the magic anti-gravity ball that makes it look amazing and wow, your friends. And then like, all these kids bought it. A whole generation of kids bought it. And then it shows up at their house. And what do they do? They're like, I can't, it's not magic. It takes a ton of work to like make a glass ball appear as if it's floating, to make it roll around your bodies, to make it look like what David Bowie did in the labyrinth, right? So then half the kids who bought it, they just threw it away. The other half, I say more than that. Right. And the other half, yeah, more than half threw yeah. it away. You sometimes find them in Goodwills or thrift stores. And the other half, right? They grew up in the people that, like, now when I'm working, you have people pass by. They're like, oh, is that that the, the Fushigi ball thing? Yeah. It's waited. Oh, yeah. It's bad. That probably gets so and I'm just really like, grind your gears. Yeah. So and like, pissed. I, 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 I do. I do. I get really <laughs> upset about it. And when, like, in the juggling culture, like, we just say the F word. Fushiki, right? We don't even want to talk about it. If you go to the Wikipedia page on contact juggling, there is a section on the Fushigi controversy, right? Like, so yeah, that, like, let's commodify the skill you have dedicated decades to creating in some cathedral way in your life. You spent hours and hours and every day, and it's like, well, let's commodify it. Sure. Let's turn it into something we could sell for Christmas. <laughs> and it's cheap, and they broke. Like, I've had one ball break on me in my entire life, and it was mm. a Fushigi. I bought it a couple of years ago. I saw it at the thrift store. I was like, well, I um, never bought one. See what, see how these things work. I have it still at home. It's in pieces. The only ball, only contact juggling ball that ever broke on me. Weird. It's kind of... Similar to how I imagine a lot of photographers feel with Instagram. Sure. <laughs> We've worked with a few of those. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh-huh. You know, I, I, it's, and it happens with music production too. And over the past decade, the uh, music production has really ramped up to a fact that like anybody can produce an album that sounds fantastic sure. out of a closet. 
And that's great. I think mm -hmm. anybody should be able to do that in the same way how I feel like if some kid wants to pretend that they can juggle, they should be able to do that. Yeah. But I am definitely jaded enough to also feel angry about it, too. <laughs> you should be able to do it. But whenever, yeah. whenever you, uh, you know, when you commodify something, you start taking money off of people you know, with a gimmick and, you know, you lie to them to get their money. So anyway, what they're doing is commercials. They don't say contact juggling once they don't mention michael motion anything about it they knew if they called it that they would get in trouble crap stealing money what about the uh, evolve what about them oh man <laughs> well i don't know i is this editable is sure this? there's there there okay, was well, let's just say don't let's just not say them by name there is there was a group in pittsburgh yeah um that uh they didn't last very long here. They were from Florida. Hold on one second. <laughs> Except for Florida. <laughs> Whenever I see that and I'm editing, I'll make sure that I remember to edit. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. But anyways, you said there was a group that was here. There was a group that was here, uh, came up from Florida. And this was after mm. the Pittsburgh Circus Arts Collaborative had kind of started to take root and, you know, started getting gigs. Um, they hired really pretty people with no talent whatsoever getting you know fire gigs they called it like fire performance uh fire eaters they just like had torches and danced with them you know they didn't do any tricks or anything like that but they um, came in and they were calling it the thing that the, you do right right <laughs> yeah it, the people aren't eating fire you know they're sure they're, they're not manipulating vapor but they were advertising them doing as such they said they were fire performers. I more call them fire dancers. Um, and they got gigs for a little bit. I think they took some of our gigs. Uh, but eventually, I think that our strength of character That's and it. our discipline and our uh, talent uh, was made known to our clients and the people of Pittsburgh. And they yeah. they left. There they didn't have any more gigs. They packed like, up. We'll wait. We'll wait. You know, it's there's a parallel, I imagine, with... Uh, the local music scene and probably local entertainment in general, where sometimes your client, the person that's hiring you just doesn't give a fuck about you. They just want something there. They just want music in the corner. They just want somebody juggling fire. Ju you know, they don't give a fuck who it is, what it is. So if somebody could come in a little bit lower, somebody sweet talks them, they can get the gig. It's really hard to like educate people that, are hiring you on like what you actually do, mm -hmm. building a relationship with them. So they have an understanding of like, Oh, I'm hiring them for this. Not just because I want something off in the corner that I don't care about. I see all the time when I go out to eat and then, well, I used to whenever you <laughs> fucking see like, you know, these random like schmucks with a guitar in the corner, like, you know, tuning, out loud just doing bullshit covers half singing like it's just like why it's bad i should be i should have like some money off my bill yeah for this yeah that's what i mean we, that's a little that's a little rude i mean you know, i understand whatever. though but there, it's like there's so many people that are in the city that i i want to see sitting on that stage yeah but there's a lot of people that suck at putting themselves out there and that's why other people get those gigs yeah so a lot of it too is like you can sit here and you can kind of complain about like, oh, the city sucks and there's no opportunity. It's like you have to make those opportunities for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I think that that's that's something that our group does. You know, I think like 
the words Pittsburgh and arts and collaborative are more important than the word circus in our name because like we have like 15 circus performers, but the what we use outside of us is is so much larger. You know, the idea of like the client not caring whatever, right? Like one of our things, we're just like, no, no, no. We want you to care. Mm. Let's have coffee. And we'll oh, like, yeah. we sit down on well, now we do it over FaceTime, but we go out, we have a drink with our clients. It's like, yeah. all right, what do you what Oh, you want us to do a wedding? All right, let's talk. And like, we would get the aesthetics. We would sit down with the wedding planner and the florist and the caterer and everybody. And we would have meeting after meeting after meeting so that we were just like, these are the colors, these are the oh, outfits, yeah. these are the directions. And we, and even down to the smallest ones, like, you know, I, the, the, the Pittsburgh Council for the Arts or whatever, they set up this thing in the airport, you know? center console he goes up those escalators you know and you cross over big stage in the center there and they always have musicians musicians always have musicians all the time musicians so i applied i was i'm gonna i want put me there juggling you know and they did and they were very very surprised i drew a crowd nobody else had you know so uh thanks to the pandemic it's gone you know <laughs> no more of that gig but yeah the um people having you know they suck at putting themselves out there and the opportunities yeah they're there and i like what we have we reach out to a lot of people you know like all like this i love this right because there's all these different acts that we work with sideshows we work with other circus schools that we work with and then we're just like our photographer right this is a dude i spent my 90s with you know so I like all these kids in pittsburgh that like have a skill have a craft they grew up we try to get them and be like, all right, we can use you here. You know, we can make you a barker at this wedding and like get you $500 for it, you know? So we've made this great name for ourselves that we could just like, we can get people who do the art and we say like, you know, you're now a costume designer mm -hmm. for the circus. You put that on your resume. Like you, <laughs> you come over here, you're going to do this. We need you to do this. Or we have this wedding. So we're going to need two contortionists, two stilt walkers. Are you good for that? Okay. And like we have, we assemble all these groups and then like, Sometimes it's super hodgepodgey, but yeah. it works every time. <laughs> the, the, the networking is so cool and so so fun. It's like the reason why I started doing the things that I do is because I wanted to be around like-minded people and make friends. So any opportunity that I have to do that is great. And just from doing the podcast alone, like sometimes I'll have like an artist in here and it's like, they're talking about, oh, it's so hard to get work. And then the next week I might have somebody that owns a restaurant and they're like, yeah, you know, my menu sucks and all this stuff. I'm like, well, I just had this graphic designer in here. Right. Right. Yeah. Why, why don't you, it's like, you know, well, you 10 minutes away from each other. All anybody that, kind of that does any kind of physical art, like just, it's always there, you know, I mean, like, especially with like our collaborative, you know, process with Iron City Circus Arts, the mm. circus school on the south side where it's all aerial, right? They do aerial and they do pole classes and that's what they do. So then when they had their production of the Nutcracker, right, we all got together and sat down. It's like, okay, now Nutcracker has fire breathing in it. Now it has juggling in it. Now it has acrobatics in it. Now it has clowning in it. And now it has miming in it, right? And all these things are now in a part of it as well. So like, yeah, it's just, we're constantly just getting the collaborative, put them all together. I love it. Pittsburgh is, is so good for that. That's why like when people, they say like, there's no opportunities in Pittsburgh or New York or something. It's like, the fuck are you talking about, yeah. man? It's Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's just like, build it, man. It's small like enough to be intimate. <laughs> yeah. There, there's so much that's going on. Yeah. Like, like I had mentioned earlier, that weird backyard wrestling thing yeah. that I got invited to last minute. Like, it was 10 minutes from my house. 
And had somebody not told me, I would have had no idea that was happening. Yeah. But mm-hmm. that's something really crazy that was 1000% happening. Yeah. And if you just like know the right, it's all about who you surround yourself with. I'm sure. really convinced that those people that have that attitude just have uh, shitty friends. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's, <laughs> a, yeah, that's a large that's a problem, cause of it for sure. You know, I also like shitty friends and like, you know, I'm sort of shitting up, shitting growing up in America, you know, this mm-hmm. idea of like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go off on that there. I don't fuck it. I don't, it's just me complaining about individualism. And, it's easy. <laughs> it's, forget it. Just, forget it. just shut me down. I think that it's very easy to feel depressed right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is, you know, in general, but especially right now. Um, it's hard to, it's hard to stay positive. It's hard to keep your mental health, uh, in check. I think that a lot of people struggle with that. And, you know, obviously it affects their, if they have a passion, I hope that everyone has a passion, but you know, those people that have a passion and they're actively trying to pursue it. I think it especially affects those people, mm-hmm. which, you know, sure. yeah, I found that whenever all of this first really started happening in March, April, Eric, May, God, it's been so long. Yeah. There was so Two many weeks. So many. Yeah, it's been <laughs> 14 days. <laughs> um, there's been so many people that I know that have really been struggling with their productivity because they have all this extra time, but they're like putting this extra pressure on themselves that they feel like they need to create and do all this stuff. Yeah, and I it's just it. like, it's for sure. Yeah. It's like, we're all there. And like, people keep asking me like, what am I doing with all my extra time? I'm just like, I'm sleeping more. I'm actually trying to do a little less yeah. and take better care of myself and not trying to put extra things on my plate just because I have extra time because like, just because I have time doesn't mean I have the, the hard drive space to actually handle Absolutely. all of that. Yeah. And I think that it's really easy for a lot of people to feel pressure to do things, especially if they spend all day online looking at what everybody else is doing and everybody's yeah. like putting their most productive things mm-hmm. out there all the time. So it's a, uh, yeah. Taking a break is important, but I know it's, it, it can be hard when nothing's going on. Yeah. I think a lot of people fail to think about things holistically. You know, they don't, they don't consider all the aspects in their life when they try to make a decision about being productive and whatnot. Um, and yeah, like you said on, on social media, someone may post a picture of them at the gym and then you see, Oh wow. You know, they went to the gym, like they're doing so much, but that, that could be the only thing that they did that day. Yeah. I mean, do either of you know anybody that is notorious for posting a lot on their phone or having like a really eh, cool social media presence? Sure. Um, Have you ever like, you ever like (laughs) around those people? Yeah, all the time. And like their life does not look. Oh, those to be- you. Oh, well, that's no. the thing. Is it yeah. like what it is? Well, like, you know, those are two different types of people. Like, yeah. who do we hang out with? Like, a bunch of, you know, highly skilled circus performers that constantly update well, social yeah, media. Yeah, you got post stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, I do see that their life, like, and I'll tell you, they are just as depressed and just as imposter syndrome and just as I suck as everybody else. Like, if there's one thing you can guarantee about seeing any of us on stage performing the way that we do, is we all think that, that we're shitty at it, you know? <laughs> And that, you know, but honestly, I'd rather be around people that think they're shitty at something than people that think they're good at something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like people that say, like, <laughs> how long did it take you to learn how to juggle? I'm like, I haven't learned it yet, man. You should see what these people out here can do with five, six, fucking 13 balls, man. I can do four sometimes. Rarely. You know, I, did, I have not learned how to juggle yet. I am. I don't know. 
25% there, maybe? <laughs> 10. 10? 10% there. If that. You, you know, suck, but like, zero. what? I said, you suck. Right. Sometimes I feel that. So like, but we do actually have people that are like, you know, but then I think that those people are just like, here's, this is their amazing life. And I'm just posting what my life is. And I suck at this. Um, and then there's the people who are like, look at my awesome life. Cause I kick ass at these things. Right. Yeah. Those are two different people. They have the awesome life. These people don't. And they're very much like, yeah, look at me at the gym. And it's like, okay, I got the picture. Get out of here. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That stuff. I mean, performative, right. Is that the word? It, it is performative. It's like a 24-7 Halloween costume. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But who the fuck am I to tell anybody how to live their ding-dong life if they want to post bullshit gym selfies and it makes them feel validated? Amen. Yeah. Sure. God bless. Yeah. Do it makes you happy. You just ain't coming to my cookout. <laughs> Everybody has the right to be who they are, man. Yeah. yeah it, it, it's super, super important. And with that being said... Let's go back in time a bit. Okay. I need a back in time sound effect. It's like a woo 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 The Wayne's World. Yeah. So, what were the two of you doing prior to any of this? Was there like a life of a life of crime, a life of mystery, music, art, dance? Um, I don't know. What were you doing before getting into fire eating and contact juggling and all the above? Dead mothers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it was. What it was. <laughs> I, th I think that well, I think for both of us, uh, a large, uh, a large reason that we turn to performing and you know uh, circus our arts or because yeah. of our troubled past, you know. Sure. Um, I met him at the very first meeting of the Pittsburgh Circus Arts Collaborative when neither one of us was running it. We were just you know performers and. Uh, we immediately gravitated towards each other. I think it was maybe like a month later. You said something about your mom being dead. I was like, "Oh, mine's dead too." You know, oh, dead mom club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, my um, mom bought me my first set of juggling balls. You know, because she saw that was the thing that um, I wanted to do. But also, you know, um, it's very it's a difficult difficult past. You know. Um, I think I, was your question more about like what was our profession before? So, yeah, like were you, did you have any other hobbies? But you can answer it however you <laughs> I mean, would like. I mean to get so more. No, no, it's not. It's, no, it's, you can answer it however you would like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I, you know, I, I'm, I don't ever because have trouble with that. I understand why your answer went the way that it did because yeah. this is obviously so much more than it just is. a hobby it's, or something. It's, that you it's did. a it's life. Like, it's yeah. DNA. Absolutely. So of course it's gonna yeah. your answer is gonna go to like, well, you know, I collected stamps. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had. And then one day I caught one on fire and I put it in my mouth and then I was like, oh, I could do this forever. That yeah. yeah, that's your story. How did right? you know? It was. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. an accident. It was. It was. Have I told you about my mind reading abilities? You have not. Is yeah. there a sound effect for that? <laughs> anyways yes answer yeah. the question how you so, like, i mean I, I agree you know like there's like if you could see like on my arm this right this is a large burn you know there is this pain that happens with juggling fireballs and there are these burns that occur all over and something about like the intense searing pain of that sort of connects me back to my relationship with my mother who was abusive and um 
committed suicide, blamed me and my sister, right? So it was like a really, you get a mom that does that, right? You can infer what life growing up with her might have been like. Sure. All right. So you come from that and you're just like, I don't know, man. They're, my mom bought me my first set when I was a teenager. It was this thing that was just like, I always had my juggling balls on me and they're in my bag. And they were like the only time that I, I could juggle and I would just get into this time warp psychedelic place where I didn't hear anything. I couldn't see anything. I was just in this vacuum where my mother wasn't, you know, where my father wasn't, where this like shitty suburban wasteland that I lived in just wasn't there. And that feeling of sort of a transcendental communication I was having with the larger picture, I don't know, is something that came to me in juggling. And then like later in my life, <clears throat> I ended up juggling, uh, contact juggling, which was something I had. My first love back in 1999, 2000 bought me a set of contact juggling balls. And I learned very mediocre things until I was like 30 something or other. And, <laughs> um, and I was sitting with a group of my friends and we were all drinking psychedelic mushroom tea. Right. And, um, I picked <laughs> As up, you do. I picked, yeah. And I <laughs> very casual, <laughs> I picked up a contact juggling ball because I was sitting there and I always had them with me and, and I, I picked it up and I just, and I, I felt this, like there was something, I don't know how to explain it. You know, anybody who tries to be like, yeah, dude, psychedelics, man. And it was like this and I said, whatever it, you know, you get it. It's a realm of unreality that doesn't have a verbal equivalent, but something about the contact juggling and the psychedelics together had me feel a connection to my other, my more higher self. Like it was something that if reincarnation were a thing, then I've always been a juggler and I will retain the skill like into my next incarnations. So like, it's super deep in me. Hell it's yeah. not just a hobby, right? Hell it's yeah. like, it's, it's when I, you know, I talk about that contact juggling ball and I'm like, that's a joint. And what you don't see are limbs that are being projected from me right now. And they're all connected to the ball. So, you know, I was, that's, that's what, <laughs> but, um, you know, well, I mean, I guess the answer could have been like, well, I was as an elementary school yeah. teacher. I, I went to college. I <laughs> learned sign it. language. I worked with deaf kids and then I worked in the circus and then the pandemic happened. And now I, I feel more free during the pandemic than I ever had in my life. I don't think that I would like admit on the air of a podcast to taking psychedelics and having that be the thing that inspired, sure. you know, the, the, the wonder that is the magic of juggling for me that like, without that, that moment, you know, where I was just thrown into the water without that moment, like I, I wouldn't be able to deliver magic the way that I do. Absolutely. That is a great backup back backup great background story <laughs> so yeah he was a he was a teacher before he started juggling yeah. got it that's it and a nanny <laughs> i worked with children i was a sign language interpreter until the pandemic hit and then all the colleges shut down and i couldn't be a sign language interpreter anymore because i interpreted for deaf college kids so you do a lot with your hands yeah that's the weird thing right like it all connects uh-huh like my sign language right so my, my day job is just like constantly interpreting for deaf people using words, right? So then my night job is 
this all the time with balls. Yeah. yeah. And it's so, I don't know. There is, I don't know what the deeper connection is, but there is something. I've always thought about it. Like, why do I need to move my arms? Like, what is the deeper purpose? Like, I found these two professions that take up my entire life. One is a language that requires constant movement, and one is a language that requires constant movement. Like, oh, yeah, there's something there. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I, don't I need know. another mushroom to figure it out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Joseph. Um, fire goodness. eating. Fire eating. Yes. That is, I mean, granted, you know, you pick up a contact ball while you're, you know, on another planet. And <laughs> you're like, yeah, this, I'm connecting with this. Yeah. Deciding to do fire eating. Mm. Interesting. Very. I imagine that's not something that you just kind of stumble into. How did you, how, how, did, I've never talked with anybody that has done this before. Yeah. So forgive my, no, forgive my ignorance, but since you're like a world record hoarder, holder and stuff, I feel as though you could probably tell me a thing or two about, about this thing or two or three. So yeah. why did you start? <laughs> Not how, why, why? Oh gosh. Um, I feel like since zero shared so much about himself that I, that I should as well. Um, dump it out yeah because we're very like i think that i mean zero and i are, are a lot alike we're also very different um so whereas he you know embraces psychedelics and he's very i embraced i don't have <laughs> there was but the last couple of times uh, on psychedelics i was it was very much like okay i think our relationship is on pause for an indefinite <laughs> amount of time mm -hmm. we'll talk maybe in a few years we haven't talked yet no, he, but he's, he's had a lot of psychedelic experiences, so on and so forth. Um, I've never been drunk. I've never done any drugs. Um, so we, we approach things very differently. Um, I don't know. Well, I, did, I didn't like anything about my life until I was 19, I guess. Um, my mom got sick when I was very, very young. Uh, my home life was turbulent. Um, I was really fat, you know, I got bullied. Uh, and I think that circus arts, you know, magic, fire eating was kind of a way for me to completely transform my life so that I could leave all that behind and not have to remember it, not have to experience Running away it anymore. To the circus. Essentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah. staying at home. But staying at home. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you know, me, myself now, if you, if I showed you a picture of me from when I was, 13 14 wow. you would you wouldn't even know as me right um it, it's the whole thing the whole thing has been such a transformative uh experience so that's kind of interesting because in a way you already started getting into thinking more about like physical fitness and all that maybe even prior to where you are now sure like that was just part of your life before even getting into this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i lost a ton of weight very very quickly um how'd you do it well, I went through, I hit puberty late. Uh, I started exercising and I stopped eating all at the same time. Cool. So if you want to lose weight, that is, <laughs> that is a way to do it. Um, but I do not recommend it because I was left with a, <laughs> a horrendous amount of extra skin. Sure. And I just had the fifth, fifth surgery to get rid of it. Oh, um, wow. I had it on June 30th, this past June 30th. So that was, yeah, five surgeries in like 10 years to get rid of all the excess flesh. Um, yeah, physical fitness is important. What am I saying? I don't even know. <laughs> we were just talking about your background story. I remember yeah. that you mentioned earlier that you 
were first doing magic. You were first trying to do magic. magic and then you transitioned into the fire eating. Yeah. I guess I'm more curious just about that. Like the just, transition. Yeah. Like, yes. So and more specifically, just to narrow it down the first time trying this, like, <laughs> you know, do you have, you have to, you have like some sort of a fire guide that's, te- or are you just no. like watching YouTube videos? Like so, how do you <laughs> No. So, so I, I did like kids parties and stuff, you know, with magic. I did some old folks homes. Um, I was not very successful. I did not make a lot of money. Magic. I was a close up magician, you know, cards, hence all the tattoos. Um, and that's very good. Like cards are very good for an intimate setting like this, but you can't entertain like a thousand people with cards. Yeah. You know what I mean? You need a, an effect that is bigger. Um, so I always thought that fire eating was cool and it's dangerous and girls like it. Right. Cause they didn't like magic. <laughs> So, really? No, the dude, they did not. They did not like magic. So, well, there's some tricks you can do. <laughs> <laughs> illusions. Illu- yeah, illusions. Um, so yeah, I was like, I, and I was getting tired of like sitting in my room, you know, practicing with cards for hours on end. I'm like, fuck this. So I wanted to try, you know, fire eating. Um, you were supposed to learn from a fire master. That was like, uh, seriously, that's what. I had to look it up online, you know, because there were not very many resources back when I started. There are a lot now, but not back when I started. Um, the whole field has gone through such a transformation in, in the six or seven years that I've been doing it. But yeah, when I started, there were there were like no resources. So you're supposed to learn from a fire master. I didn't know any, obviously, and there are not really any around here. This is not an area that's known for its fire performers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did a lot of research. Um a lot of experimentation. And then one night me and two friends went to this abandoned parking lot, uh, so that I could finally eat fire. One of them stood there with a camera and then another one had a fire extinguisher and, um, tight. Yeah. Right. So safe, <laughs> super safe. <laughs> and the torch was not even like a bona fide. It was a homemade torch <laughs> out of a, a barbecue skewer. Well, just two seconds, quick. My first time I tried to juggle fire was in college. I cut a t-shirt up and I put it yeah. into three balls and I put safety pins to hold the balls together. And then I just like put lighter fluid yeah, on them. Absolutely. I fucking burn my hands in yeah. two seconds. I had to stop. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> that would have worked. Um, so yeah, it was just a barbecue skewer with 100% cotton fabric wrapped around it. The reason it has to be 100% cotton is because if, if there's any synthetics in the material, you know, when it's on fire, it melts. And then it sticks to you. But if it's 100% cotton, you know, it's porous. um, You can put fuel on it. It absorbs the fuel and it burns cleanly. The fuel burns without burning the material. Understood. Yeah. So it was just a cheap torch. And um, it took me like a half hour of, you know, holding it up in the air, trying to put it in my mouth. But I finally did it. And then just went from there. Okay. So it happened and it it was reasonably successful. What did it it feel like? Was it an adrenaline rush? Were you just freaked out? Yeah, definite adrenaline rush. Um, I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was doing. You're supposed to, I teach lessons now. I shouldn't be saying this, but (laughs) I didn't know what I was doing at the time. You're supposed to put your head, you know, like looking straight up because heat rises. So if you're looking straight up, the heat rises away from you. My head was like pretty much like this. Mm -hmm. I kind of like, it's called a straight snuff. I kind of just put it directly in my mouth. I burned all my nose hairs and my eyebrows, you know, they were, they were gone, <laughs> but it worked. And then, you know, I slowly started to realize, Oh, maybe I should put my head back. Um, yeah, that was it. That's so funny. I'm curious because, you know, now all these years later, you have become successful in your craft world record holder, third time, bringing it up. <laughs> Thank I'm you. curious. 
about, you know, because you weren't properly trained, if that allowed you to like push things a little further and put yourself into a headspace to get where you are now because you didn't have somebody holding you back telling you, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. Since you're teaching yourself, you're experimenting a lot more yeah. outside of the boundaries of like, basically, because whenever you have a teacher, you can only, a lot of the time, you can only be as good as that teacher until you like start getting out on your own. But if you're teaching right. yourself from the jump, you can really expand. Yeah. I definitely think that's true. Um, a little bit after I started eating fire, I was looking for a fire master. I went to the Renaissance festival you know, Pittsburgh Renaissance Festival. And there was this guy, uh, I won't say his name. He was, he'd been doing it for a long time. No, nah, you don't know. I think I talked about him before, but you don't know. Hey. Um, <laughs> he'd, been do he'd been doing it for a long time. And I went up to him after after a show and I was like, hey, you know, I, I just started eating fire. I was wondering if you could like give me some tips or whatever. And he's like, you taught yourself? I said, yeah. <laughs> and he, he fucking chewed me out right there. <laughs> I yeah he's like you know you, you shouldn't have done that like that was a dumb thing to do i don't know anyone that teaches i'm not gonna teach you i was like holy shit so yeah i was uh i was pretty much on my own for for the majority of my career huh, that's an interesting response i guess maybe it's kind of like a well if you you know fuck yourself up that's gonna yeah. give us a bad name ruin my gig type that's, of thing that's the thing that is a thing in the fire world like there's there's forums for that sure we're on like on facebook like fire safety forums where like a video will pop up of like a kid just like eating fire and then like catching his clothes on fire and getting burnt. And like, we have to watch it and we have to have the discussion like, okay, everybody, what did he do wrong? What are the things that we could have avoided in this situation? Like there it's like, it's big in the fire world, like the whole safety, safety, 100% like, and, but you know, also there is all, there is that mentality of like, Hey man, if you want to try yourself, like, and then if you want to burn yourself, you, you can do it. Like if you're, if you're not, I'm not in a show, obviously, but if I you're mean, practicing, you want to burn yourself. That's yeah, your right. I think that like a, I don't think a master fire performer should be the person that says like, yeah, go right ahead and teach yourself. That's cool. <laughs> right. From my perspective, like I learned how to juggle fire on my own. Right. And like, had somebody been there and said something like, oh, well, if you hold that there, you should stop. You're going to get burned. Like, that's that's okay i i don't mind being burned. sure it might like freak you out from like getting to the next level yeah so like there there are these points where like now i can i can hold a fireball like on my skin for like 20 seconds just holding it in my hand like no problem wouldn't have figured out if i could do that without you know the first time i lit it up i just threw it across the street and i just couldn't touch oh, it. the orb yeah yeah and now i can hold that thing in my hand and yeah. just like walk through crowds with like fire like dripping and i'm not gonna tell again a special formula <laughs> for the liquid i use and everything but like i the only thing i put on my skin is water to let it dampen down and cool it off a little bit but like yeah i can hold a fireball on my skin for a long time so has that helped you in the world has that helped you in the kitchen at all Hmm. Um, I don't know. Like, like getting burned spontaneously. <laughs> if he was with, in the food service industry, one hundred percent. Like getting burned spontaneously from like jumping oil or something like that hurts. Yeah, I don't like it. But like, oh, I can see that I've just put this fire on my skin. It's my sure. choice. You Does know? breathing fire hurt? What is the feeling? <laughs> I just recently taught him to breathe fire. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it hurts? No. <laughs> um, it's warm it's warm you feel like whenever it goes out it, you feel hot sure yeah it's, it's not it's not as dangerous there as it it's not i'm now just realizing I mean, it's, da it's dangerous, it's dangerous. <laughs> it's dangerous. I, I just had this thought 
I am thinking about how fucking dumb it is that I was worried about the room being too hot today. <laughs> yeah, I like opened up the windows because yeah, yeah, the good. AC's been goofy. Meanwhile, you spend all your time around fire and you're True. probably like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Um, I used to live in New Orleans in an apartment with no AC. Wow. So whatever. <laughs> so, okay. Breathing fire. Doesn't hurt. Breathing fire. Um, if you do it the wrong way. Yeah, sure. As with everything. Uh, like, can most, you breathe in too much? I don't. Don't Ooh. breathe in at all. Okay. So. All right. There you go. If you breathe in, first of all, you have um, oil in your mouth, you know, breathing. Should we fuel. say don't try this at home? Well, that's sure. a given. Okay. And it's not actually breathing. <laughs> it doesn't involve lungs. Right. Mm. Yeah. So is that like a, an awkward term to call it then? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's That's just what it is. Just right? what it is. You're, well, you're like fire breathing fire dragon. Spitting. Fire spitting. Yeah. It doesn't sound as cool. huh? Uh, yeah. You get an embouchure. <laughs> yeah. So most people, if they use the correct fuel uh, and they do like a short breath of fire, they won't get, they won't get injured. Um, when you get better at fire breathing, you can do what's called a fire breathing sustain. So, so normally when people breathe fire, they go, you know, the, the length of the breath is that long. Yeah. Because, uh, that this guy. Right. When you sustain a fire breath, you go like a dragon. Yeah. So, so you're a dragon. Right. How do you do that? Lots and lots of practice. Cool. But when you, <laughs> when you sustain the breath. Uh, for longer periods of time, you can get what's called proximity burns. So while the fire itself doesn't burn you, like the fire doesn't touch your skin, your skin is next to the fire for such a long period of time that the the, the proximity to the flame, hence sure. the term proximity burn, your skin heats up from that proximity and then you, you get burned. And I imagine there's probably, I mean, I guess regardless of how much you can control the flames, it's still a pretty unpredictable thing. Wind. Like how much wind? wind. Oh, wind. That was gonna be Fuck the wind. That was gonna be my next question, actually. I was gonna yeah. ask about like how much does environment, like how much of an important role does that play into like where you're doing stuff? It it determines whether or not we can do a gig. Yeah. If it's like if there is sometimes it like depend if there is a if it's dark, if you can't see the balls. Right. So that's the weird thing. You think in the dark, I'm looking at fire, right? But it's a fireball inside of a Kevlar cage. So it's moving around like this. So when I'm looking at it, and I don't know if it's a color blindness, if there's some depth perception issue at night, but like I have trouble seeing them with wind. Yeah. If, if there is the gentlest breeze, something like if I have the fireball on me and the wind blows a certain way that I'm not prepared for, like the fire immediately goes up my arm and like trying to eat fire with the wind, like mm -hmm. when you need it to be straight up, without issue and it starts to blow this way and you got to find a way yeah, especially with that mustache yeah i don't i don't need I, we just recently made a little halloween flick of him, of him oh, torturing yeah. me with fire breathing tricks and then like and yeah. like grabbing me by the neck and forcing my mouth and i got my mustache nice and wet i played commissioner gordon he was joker <laughs> the commission, yeah it's good um that's awesome but no yeah. i gotta get this thing nice and wet before you know i gotta before I put fire near it. Understood. Understood. <laughs> yeah. So how many days a week is fire in your mouth? That's a weird question, but I'm going to go with it. I tell you what, man, recently, uh, zero. <laughs> no I'm in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had, I had this, uh, contract down at um, universal studios i was gonna go down <laughs> so there sorry. for i was gonna go down there and perform for two months wow it was for quite a bit of money with fuck. the academy of villains yeah, it's called playing the academy a fire of villains. breathing joker at orlando studios yeah fuck covid 
Damn, but fuck yeah. COVID. And it obviously fuck. was it was canceled because of COVID. So I lost quite a bit of money. Um, should I say fuck Republicans? Because we could have been out of this mess in April, man. <sighs> <sighs> Rain it in, Jason. All right. Who's Jason? I don't know. Sorry. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it got canceled. And uh, since then, I'm just like, fuck it. Like, I haven't I haven't been. I've been pra- actually practicing juggling. He's been teaching me how to juggle a little bit. Um, I practice some staff things. But, you know, in terms of fire, I've been doing it for so long. Um I don't mean to seem like narcissistic or whatever, but I'm at such a high level that I don't really feel the need to practice anymore. I can do the tricks, you know, I, I, it, I don't seem to get rusty, you know, like I, I don't lose skills if I don't practice okay. them. Well then how about like when you were really getting into this, what do you think is like, was there ever a time when it was like every seven day. days a week? Every day. Just, yeah. They're in my car. And, I got my stuff in my car. Like there, there's a set in yeah. my car, there's a set of the house, there's a set in my bag, you know, and that was the beginning. He does it all the time. Yeah. No, but that's like so. Eh. But no, I'm sorry for jumping in there. I mean, like in the beginning, it was just like yeah. on the bus at the bus stop. Sorry. Yeah. In terms of like the supplies that you need, do you like have to buy a lot? Is like, is there a lot of money that goes into what you do? So much. That's why we added into the contract. We <laughs> <laughs> um, do. Yeah. No. I mean, we use a lot of fuel. Um, yeah, the torches take up a lot of fuel. His fireballs yeah, take up a lot of fuel. Everything's pretty much like expendable, right? It's yep. like you, you can only like one time use for a lot of this stuff. Not even or oh no, one time for the equipment. Like, yeah, like all oh, years. For some oh yeah, of it. yeah. Like I, mm-hmm. I the fireballs I use right now, I probably got constant use. So I probably got another six months to a year. I guess left that. In them. I guess I'm an I'm a dumbass, and I guess that makes sense because it probably wouldn't be safe if it was something that couldn't Single handle use. it. Yeah. yeah, but also a lot of the, the stuff's made out of Kevlar. Um, yeah, you tough. also said that. Yes, yes. Kevlar, the material, like the burning temperature of it's in the thousands. I'll tell you know. what. There's a, there's a, there's a dog that lives in the house over there. It's named Kevlar. Name's Kevlar. Nice. <laughs> it's a tough motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. <laughs> so yeah, um, could been last a while, but like the fuel it's, is expensive. Yeah, because okay. you're burning through it. <laughs> Literally, fire safety people. You know, um, mm. we have to have fire safety. Uh, just like if someone uh, say, for example, we have a. a woman that does um fire hula hoop you know mm. just a hula hoop with with wicks on it we don't let her perform by herself with fire you know someone has to watch her in case she catches something which you, she doesn't because she's very good but o- just in case over time have you been able to like establish a relationship with any fire safety people or like oh yeah um, whoa fuck <laughs> sorry what um, is this that was so there's a there's a light that reflects onto Susie Sue. Oh, that Susie was, Sue. But yeah, uh, you know, it's really funny. I was like super stressed about it and it's not even in the goddamn shot now that I'm looking at it. Is it not? It. No, no, totally no cool. it's not. That's what happens when I like, I like put that up before I even put the camera where it was going to be. Anyways, Sorry. that's okay. No. Sorry that you almost got taken out. <laughs> that piece of paper is lethal. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the... The majority of the fire safety people that we use are already members in the circus. Yeah, oh, so okay. like I will, mm-hmm. cool. I will do fire safety for him and vice versa. You know? Okay, but like, so is that something like you have to get like, is it like an actual certification for that, or just like no? no I'm like, like you're like a like I the mean, designated I, driver of the yeah, event. Yeah, I mean, yes, because we've been with each other for so long. I know where I need to stand. I know what I need to hold. Um, you know, I have certifications. I have my cert certification, community emergency response training. So like I've got a bug out bag and everything in it with like t- 
tools to like turn on water, turn off gas. I've got toe tags in this bag. So like I've been through all of the trainings to like how to put out all types of fires. And um, that's cool. It's totally unnecessary, but it's definitely helps when the fire marshal is like, you don't know what to do. And we're like, yeah, this, 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 and this. And it's like, you know, you, you sit off the side holding a blanket. So everybody's happy. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Like, you know, fire safety. I got my extinguisher. I know what to do. And I'm holding a blanket and I'm looking at the guy. That's it. That's, that's fire it. safety. That's, that's what you get. Because like, he's not going to, he's not going to burn anybody, anything. I'm not going to burn anybody, anything. Do you want to tell him the story about the fire extinguisher? The fucking time where you just like, you extinguished me? Like yeah. in the middle of my performance? Yeah, that was, that was the time. Um, and then, um, yeah, I, that was, that was. So uh, what happened? No, he just, he just thought it'd be funny. He's going to oh, extinguish okay. so. me in the middle of a gig. And like, I, I've got, I've got the ways to come and get back. And I'm, <laughs> we, we were doing a gig uh and he was doing contact with his um fire orb and it was it was i thought at the end of his routine right i didn't know that he had the more middle. things planned it was, it was the middle um <laughs> he jumps behind me he's like zero you're on like, fire because like, i thought it would be great because like that it's such an iconic shot in cartoons of like someone getting sprayed with a fire extinguisher sure. you know so I was like, oh, Ziri on fire. And I sprayed him. I'd never sprayed any. I'd never sprayed someone with a fire extinguisher before. What happened? <laughs> Covered in me. Went up in my clothes and my mouth and my eyes, everything. I was in the middle of my act. I'm like, fuck, fuck. And like, I ran into the bathroom of the place that we were using as a green room. And like, I just tracked this trail of white powder to the bathroom and just like, can't get it off of me. It was it I felt bad. so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it went in his phone. Like I oh. thought he was. I didn't so, think yeah. it was going to be that bad. You know, but it was like sure. it was. It wasn't like it wasn't. It was a. You know, we're always professional, but like you know, our friends hired us for this gig. You know, so like us goofing off was totally in the oh, yeah. cards. But like you know, we do events like what was the you know at the Westin or something for like a big convention. We're on stages off to the side. You know, we only stand there like being professional. But yeah. Um, one of these days. <laughs> he he's coming. Yeah. The next time there's a uh, a more private, friendly affair, you better you better watch oh yourself. Oh my god. I'm on pins and needles all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that like, you know, this is the point in the conversation when I normally like to be like, so, you know, what's coming up? Is there anything that we could talk about that's coming up? Cold I mean, yeah, I've got a we got a few things. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because here's the new world, you know, and it's like, I like my favorite analogy to it, right? Is like, um, you know, basketball, <laughs> right? Like you got to dribble the ball, right? Yeah. Which is, which sucks because gives the other team the opportunity to steal the ball off of you. So this arbitrary restriction in this game, right? Created the cross-legged dribble revolutionized the game couldn't have had cross-legged dribble without the restriction of you have to dribble boom through the legs and the stuff that they do with that incredible pandemic is an arbitrary restriction like having to juggle or having to dribble not having to <laughs> you know you have to dribble the whole time this is the thing you got to do it's like okay well then that means i can make this thing to revolutionize the game and here we are trying to create these safety circuses right and try to be safe with it. You know, we've got this, uh, I've got a production of the Nutcracker coming up. Again, I'm with the, working with the Westmoreland County, ba or Westmoreland County Ballet Theater. Ballet Theater. 
and they do a nutcracker production every single year but can't now you know you can't have a crowd you can't do anything but you can hire a film crew and directors and write a script and choreograph everything and film nutcracker on cultural and historical locations around west or westmoreland county in greensburg like at fort ligonier's where the I think the toy soldiers are going to be filmed you know the um the big party scene is gonna be a masquerade ball you know like everybody's gonna be in masks so costumes new costumes are coming out of the restriction that is the pandemic right i'm at the zoo this coming sunday night the zoo is now a drive-through so which is kind of weird and i don't like interacting with people in cars but you know it's it's something that's it's getting there we've come up with this idea um of a cul-de-sac circus. Um, and I have made, um, you know, you get a compass that you can draw circles with, right? I have one that's like 15 feet tall, so I could draw 20 feet circles and measure them out and make sure people are concentrically away from each other. Each family in their own driveways or whoever wants to get people in those driveways. And then in the center of the cul-de-sac, having an aerial rig and having the fire breather off to the right and having all of these you know, dimensions drawn on the sidewalk. So we all know where to go. And it's not like, you know, another part of your act is like people it's like, Oh, I have to, I have to get gasoline in my balls. I have to get my arms wet and all these things. I have to set these things up. Like, no, 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 no. That's, that's, that's part of the act. Like getting the fire stick ready and getting yourself ready. Like come out there with just the box. Haven't done anything. Let me put the box down. How's everybody doing tonight? Opening it up, pulling it. You're, you're just now getting ready mm -hmm. it's like yeah that's part of it mm -hmm. so making a thing of like being a safe socially distanced circus making sure that health is first and foremost and that we're doing this you know because people still need to have that magic you know they need to see it they need that connection so we're doing as much as we can to be a safe safety first kind of circus performance and um it's working. There's not a lot of gigs. There's not a lot of shows, but the ones that are coming up provides us with the opportunity to create a cross-legged dribble, you know, create new costumes, new ways of performing with these masks. Like, excuse me, how do you do, how do you do acrobatics at a distance with two people? Right. You know, these are questions we have to ask owing to the courtesy of <laughs> COVID-19. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you spit? fire all over the place when the thing <laughs> when you have to have a mask on right like yeah so we're not giving up you know we never did whenever there was a part where like oh well it sucks i guess the circus is gone and then i was like wait a second that's the dumb way of thinking that's shit brain thinking so let's see what we can do now and we can make a cul-de-sac circus we could make measuring and distancing people part of our shtick you know mm -hmm. we could do um, you know, online performances, you know, which has been fun because like Done a lot of online performances, fun. you know, like yeah, we have yeah. old clients that we keep in touch with and they're like, Hey, it's my kid's 16th birthday and we're in the middle of the pandemic. And we're like, tune in on our Facebook page live <laughs> at seven o'clock. And then like, I'll go live from where I am. And then Joko will go live where he is. And it's like, we'll have like a happy birthday, you know, show for them. Um, so yeah, these are some of the smaller things I, that are coming up. I think that like, <clears throat> you know, like this documentary that WQED made whenever, you know, Aiden McGarvey, like he contacted us like a couple weeks ago. He's like, yo, that documentary I made is like, it's up for an, an Emmy. I said, what do you mean? He says, yeah, it's up for an Emmy. You go to the Emmy Awards site and go to 
Scroll down, it's there we there. are. It's going to win just I, based on subject matter alone. <laughs> Everything else is so boring. Yeah, you know? This is such an epic documentary. The oh, music dun, 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 is so powerful and everybody's in it. It's got all the key players. It shows so much of the wonderful stuff that we do. So, you know, the 20th of September, we find that out. That's you know, awesome. Yeah. I yeah. got the zoo Sunday night, um, another drive through working on cul-de-sac circus ideas. We've got the uh, Southern Nutcracker production that's coming up. So we're, we're not, you know, we're thinking inside the box, you know, you think outside the box too much, but you know, here's the box and it's COVID-19. How do we use it? That's and a really interesting it, way you know? to put it. Thinking inside the box. Oh, uh, like everybody that. says people say, "Oh, I think outside the box." I'm like, are you kidding me? You ever go to the supermarket and there's 37 different kinds of milk? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Right? Think outside the box. That's too much. That's too much. You can't have everything be your inspiration. Think inside the mask. Yeah, you got to think inside the mask right mm -hmm. there. Right? You know, you got to practice safe circus. All these little things that are coming up. You got to, you know, you have to think inside the box. It's the only way you can creatively be. You know, people and people say, "I'm thinking outside the box." I'm like, no, you're not. You can't let it's. You can't. It's too much. Get overwhelmed. I'm creatively agoraphobic, man. I need restrictions to break out of. And if I don't have a box to think in, I can't think outside of it. So I like COVID-19 because it's like, well, what are you going to fucking do? Like you got an arm tied behind your back. Now you got to wear a mask. How can you blow out your fireball with a mask on? Mm -hmm. I can't. Well, you're going to get burned then. Okay, well, <laughs> let's figure this out over time. So I don't know. I like problems. Yeah, that, <laughs> that reminds me of a thought that I had. I was talking with one of my music friends recently. And we're talking about the whole, you know, DIY culture and the DIY community. And I'm like, now's the first time in a long time. And a lot of these DIY people can really put their money where their mouth yeah. is. And it's like, yeah. now you, what can you do now <laughs> yourself? Right. Because nobody's helping you right now. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. So what can we come up with? I yeah. don't know. I, and, you know, and like, not just us, like Iron City Circus Arts, you know, the school on the South side, like they've got this elaborate pulley system for all of their rigs so they attaches to you know silks lyra trapeze the cube all these different things so they were able to figure out like what's the distance between these two put this mat there and they met all the cdc guidelines of like who can be where and how far away from each other and they've got somebody sanitizing mm -hmm. every single thing after every single class you get your temperature checked at the door so like the school is still going good and like it's yeah i mean we're learning they're learning everybody's learning but i think a lot of people giving up you know and it's just like no 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 come on you gotta <laughs> don't give up sure 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 i imagine that you know it's probably i mean there's some people that you know it's hard enough maybe for them to feel like taking that trip to the grocery store let alone going to it's hard a to circus leave the house. show oh, yeah. yeah so i i totally understand yeah. But it's like, you know, how, what can we do to make people start to feel comfortable? When's the right time to have that discussion publicly and like without sounding like you're like some haphazard fucking like daredevil? Of course. You know? right. It's like, how do you have that communication with people that are genuinely like super duper concerned, regardless of what your feelings may be about it? It's like, you know, their feelings are their feelings. Their feelings are yeah. their feelings. So, I, you know, somebody wants to be concerned about COVID-19 by all means, like hit me up. I'll bring, you know, whatever you need over your house. Yeah. You know, I had it. I caught COVID back in early March, um, which I feel, I feel super fortunate to like, you know, sorry, you guys, I feel fortunate to have gotten it early. 
right? Because okay. everybody's going to get this thing, yeah. especially in America. Fucking Republicans. That's okay. We'll stop there. Um, but yeah, so we're in this place where, I don't know, what's my point? See, Republicans get me mad and I start going <laughs> But no, it's, it, there is a very real fear. And like in that time, and this is, I don't want this to discourage anybody at all, but like, you know, I washed my hands, I wore a mask all the guidelines i was watching this thing back in january um you know whenever i was like oh look china is they are concerned and they're doing their best to stop the spread of information as quick as they can this virus is gonna go everywhere and it got to america and it's like well our ego is worse than any other country so you know the president came out and was like well let's stop the spread of information quick as we can and then here it is right and i i was terrified i washed my hands i wore a mask it socially distanced everything and i caught it you know, so there it is. It's a scary thing. Then people who like my father and his wife, who are very much like, you know, we are staying in, we're not, they haven't caught it. Right. So, and then I got it. My wife got it. I was dead for a month. Mm -hmm. It was horrible. Like the worst thing I ever had. My wife lost her sense of taste and smell. Felt like she had a head cold for a few days. Right. So there's a lot to be afraid of and yeah. there isn't, and there's reasons to be afraid and there's not. So if anybody's like, yeah, I'm fucking terrified. It's like, yeah, let me, let me just help them. I'll get you what you need. I went through it. I had a village helping me. People brought me Pedialyte. People brought me groceries, everything. Like if anybody, like I am all for just like stay at home. Don't come out. Just do what makes you feel most safe in this situation. And yeah, it's a, I don't think, um, I don't think that those people are giving up. You know, I think a sort of a projection on my part. There was a part where I sort of felt like I was just flipping the table of the circus saying like, it's all fucking over. I you remember know? that. Mm -hmm. It was really sad, man. I was depressed really, really bad. Yeah, it's hard. Like right now, I know there are some people that are able to start getting some gigs in the music community again for, but the, it's all the safe, safe music. You yeah. know, my, my heavy metal band is not getting a gig anytime yeah, soon. There's sure. just nowhere for us to play. Mm -hmm. um, well, actually, there are places for us to play, but we don't want to. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> right. Because there are, there's definitely some people that just don't give a shit. Yeah. And uh, it's like, well, yeah, that's, I don't know about that. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, there's these venues, places, especially when you're walking around. Like, I live in Lawrenceville. I don't, nobody's wearing a mask. I mean, you know, it's like, I can't, you know, I go to these restaurants to go to these venues and you just look in, it's like, why don't, why aren't, why aren't you fucking wearing masks? Why the fuck aren't you guys, like, how do we, how is like, it's, it's September. This is 10 months into this thing. Like, if we start with like when, you know, what happened with China in December, right? Mm -hmm. We're 10 months into this thing. And America's just like, well, we don't know how to deal. We don't know what to do. Oh. Yeah. It just comes down to, <laughs> it just comes down to respect, respect the other people, respect the people around you. I know. I mean, no one wants to wear a mask. Wear the fucking mask. Yeah. It's America, man. Disrespect is American as racist hell. apple pie. But that being said, yes. Um, our audience. Yeah. If people are uncomfortable, we're doing what we can to make them as comfortable as possible. Not trying to force anyone to do anything or whatever. We're just trying to respect everyone and uh, entertain them as best we can. Absolutely. So as we're rounding the station here, you know, yeah. we're about to get off this podcast train. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. Where can people find your stuff online if they're interested about future events or just watching some stuff. This uh, documentary, the Pittsburgh Circus documentary is on YouTube, WQED. Yeah. You can watch that. It looks really cool. I'm just search Pittsburgh Circus on YouTube. It's like the first result. Yeah. yeah. It better be. 
Fuck Pittsburgh yeah, Circus on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. PGH Circus on Instagram. Yeah, uh, Juggling Zero for me. The Joseph Kerr. The real. The the, the Joseph Kerr. Kerr. Mm-hmm. And Juggling Zero. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'm gonna do an outro, and then that'll be it. We'll <laughs> put a cap on this thing. Thank you for having and us. And that's the wrong button. And <laughs> that is all, folks. Thanks so much for being here. One more time. Zero. Joker. Pittsburgh Circus, blah, 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 blah. blah. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you being here. I'll be back again next week with another episode. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2020. Thanks for listening. (laughs) That's it. We're done. Go, man. Fade it out. Oh, nice.